God, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I find today's scripture interesting in the way it uses two different words. Those two words are command and love. Jesus says we are to keep his commands, and then he commands us to love. It seems to me those words don't really go all that well together when I think about it. But after looking at the passage and the definitions in context a little more closely, I'm better able to grasp the meaning of the passage. In our passage, Jesus uses the word command, or a version of the word command, five times in just those few verses. He uses the word love, or a version of the word love, nine times. Generally speaking, I think the word command kind of gives us the impression of something negative, or maybe even dictatorial, bossy, uh, ruling over, and controlling. And I would imagine it's pretty safe to say most of us would prefer not to be commanded. Yet Jesus is clear in this passage by his command for us to love. In preparation for this sermon, I went to the good old dictionary just to see the definition of command, and I was surprised to find these words for the word command. To direct with specific authority or prerogative. From this definition, we see that to command can simply mean to give direction, and it seems to me that this is the intent of Jesus by using the word command in our passage. So Jesus is basically um, giving, using specific authority or exercising his prerogative as the Son of God to command us uh, to, to love. The other main word we see in our passage is that word, love. And we are told that those who love God will do as God commands, or as God directs with specific authority or prerogative, and that God's commands are not burdensome. Well, the command is to love. And there are a variety of ways we use the word in our English language to love. <coughs> a couple weeks ago when I taught the class on homosexuality in the Bible, I talked about how really limited, uh, in many ways, the English language is. In Scripture, we have the word love, it's translated into English as love, but there are more than one word to kind of describe the type of love they're talking about in the ancient literatures. For example, I love my mother on this Mother's Day. I love my partner, Michael. I love my friends. I love to go on cruises on vacation. I love pizza as one of my favorite foods. Now, when I say each of those things, we know that, they, that, I actually, that the word I'm using is the same word, right? Love. But it means something <coughs> different given the context in which I say it. I remember my grandpa Sosby always said, if I would make the comment of saying, oh, I love pizza or something like that, he would say, no. We do not love things, places, uh, and, and so forth. We love people, and that's who we but I think he was really on to something there. So we're talking about love in a way that uh, is, is 
we'll, we're going to look at in a bit a greater definition. And so on this uh, Mother's Day, we're going to look at a topic that's often the focus of this holiday, and that is love. You know, we, we get beautiful cards for our moms or those who have filled the role of mom and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, usually we express our love and appreciation on this day. Well, the intention is to encourage us to consider how we live in relation to love. And there are three specifics of love that we're going to consider this morning. We're going to look at the characteristics of love, the actions of love, and the results of love. So to get us started, let's consider the characteristics of love. We often show love in the ways we've been shown love. Sometimes those are good ways, in some ways those are not necessarily uh, as healthy ways as we would like. Sometimes we are we are we show love in the ways that we're told something and uh, how love is supposed to look. There's a great definition for love found in Scripture. This passage is used often in weddings and is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. I want to read it to you. It says, If I speak in the tongues of humans and of angels, but have not love, I am only resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now from this passage, we see that the characteristics of love are characteristics such as patience, kindness, and the list goes on and on. And when we, can, when we consider this passage as people of faith, we profess that God is love. love. And so we can easily insert God into the passage in place of the word love, could we not? Thus it would read, God is patient, God is kind, God does not envy, so on and so forth. So if we follow that thought to its logical conclusion, since God is love and we are to be like God, we should be able to insert our name into this passage in place of the word love. It can be a good gauge to show us how we're doing in relation to demonstrating the characteristics of love. Are you with me? Yes. So, let's look at it together, shall we? We have a little PowerPoint graphic. So, if I were to take this exercise about the characteristics of love and how well I measure up to the characteristics of love, rather than say the word love, I'm going to insert my name. So, I'm going to say, Rick is patient. Alright, so now, <laughs> not doing so well in that first phrase. Rick is kind. Yeah, I think so. Please try. Rick does not envy. Rick does not boast. Rick is not proud. Rick is not rude. Most days. Rick is not self-seeking. Rick is not easily angered. Rick keeps no record of wrongs. Rick does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Rick always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. What happens when you insert your name in place of love? Are you patient? 
be kind, envious, boastful, proud, and the list goes on and on. I encourage you to look that passage over, to do this exercise, and see how you measure up to the characteristics of love. It's a great way to see areas that, ah, you know, I've been working on patience ever since I can remember. <laughs> I wanted it yesterday, I'll sell for it today, but you know, don't wait, make me wait for tomorrow is kind of how I look at it most times. Are we displaying the characteristics of love based on this passage of scripture? This exercise can certainly reveal the areas we might want to consider improving upon. And it can also serve as an encouragement that, yes, I do have some of the characteristics of love. But now that we've seen the characteristics of love, let's consider the actions of love. It's one thing to say or think that we love, but it's another to put our actions into words. How can we begin living out and practicing the description of love found in 1 Corinthians? Because love that counts, love that is real, is love that is acted out. Love leads to involvement. Love attempts to heal, to help, and to wipe away tears. Love attempts to be like Jesus, who seeing the suffering of the world came to earth and walked among us as a servant a teacher, a healer, so that we might know what we should do. The actions of love attempts to be Jesus with skin on, if you will, to our world, following the example of Christ. The actions of love lives out 1 Corinthians 13 and attempts to put those characteristics into practice. The actions of love doesn't say we have to be all mushy and Huggy kissy, not everybody likes to be hugged and kissed and all of that stuff. I, I get that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the actions of love based on scripture says we begin living into and practicing being patient, being kind, not being envious, not boasting, and so on and so on and so on. Sometimes loving is easy. Sometimes it's easy for me to be patient. Sometimes it's a bit more challenging. But Jesus says that the root command is to love one another. I believe through prayer and by practicing the characteristics of love, with God's help, love can and will be the guiding force in how we live our lives. So we've seen the characteristics of love. We've considered the actions of love, which are to practice and live out the characteristics of love. And now let's see the results of love. Jesus said in our passage that we are to obey his commands and that his command is to love one another. Then he says that he gives us the command to love for a purpose. And that purpose is that his joy might be our joy. Thus the result of love is joy. Do you want more joy in your life? Then practice being more loving. Practice the characteristics of love that we saw there in 1 Corinthians. In order to experience joy, 
we must love. When we love, we live in joy. Joy is defined as the emotion of great delight or keen pleasure. Sometimes loving can bring about temporary sadness. Tennyson said, it is better to have loved than lost than to never have loved at all. I can certainly say that my life is better because of those I have loved. As we begin to live in love, we experience more joy. As we begin to live more fully into the characteristics of 1 Corinthians 13, we experience more joy. Our lives are more fulfilled and are more peaceful, more joyful. Do you want to be joyful? Live in love. Practice the characteristics of love by attempting to be more patient, more kind. And so forth. Living into love helps us live a better life. Being patient, being kind, not boasting, all of those things in that list for that definition of love, if we can begin to develop those as a way of living in ourselves, we are living into love. And Jesus has commanded us to live into love, to be loving people. And it doesn't just mean to show affection for someone, which I believe is the limited definition that we oftentimes go to in our, in our own minds. But living into love, commanding us to love, since we take on those characteristics as found in 1 Corinthians. And that when we do those things, when we live into that kind of love, by being patient, practicing patience, being kind, practicing kindness, and all of those other things listed in that passage, it is then we begin to experience more joy, greater joy. We are commanded to love. Why? Because when we love, we experience joy. May we be intentional in living into the characteristics of love. May our lives demonstrate the actions of love. Because when love's at the center of our lives, the joy of Christ will be in us, and our joy will be complete. It's my prayer that we will live into love. Let's pray. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this passage you commanding us to love, and that when we love, then our joy will be complete. And your joy will become our joy. God, may each of us consider the exercise in 1 Corinthians 13. May we be challenged. May we be encouraged. And may we strive to live into Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name.